What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer, Mike Goolsby with the Mike Goolsby Show. We are back. Took, took a couple weeks off, but uh, we're, we're back, Mr. Goolsby, off-season edition of the show. It's June, the dog days of summer, but busy time in football recruiting for the Fighting Irish. We'll talk about that so much more. Mr. Goolsby, how are you doing, my friend? What's doing your world? I'm good, man. I just got back. I was in Vegas for a few days for work. Um, so that was the thing, kind of fully recovered from that. I've had a, yeah, I haven't seen you in a month. It's it's amazing how fast time goes. Uh, welcome back. Good to be back, JC. So yeah, I've been uh, out here just training kids, you know, kind of getting them prepped up for some of these camps. And you and I talked offline a year ago and you were talking about just the recruiting and how important these mega camps are. Yeah. So I had a kid that I've really poured into over the last couple of years um, and he went to a mega camp at Lindenwood University outside St. Louis. Yeah. And he walked out of there with 10 offers, dude. Let's go. F and A, dude. So I was just like, uh, couldn't be more proud of him. And, you know, to get that kind of validation back as his, like, as his trainer or coach or whatever, it's just like, um, was walking on clouds, you know, for a few days to follow. I'm not going to lie, man. I might be walking on clouds for a few days to follow because I gave you some advice and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you know, again, I mean, you're you're more dialed into the recruiting yeah. sphere, and it's just like, what else should I be telling these families? What else should I be telling these kids just to try and point them in the right direction? Dude. And you know, I had a I had two kids. These are all defensive linemen. All three of these players, two kids go last year, and they got eleven offers between the two of them. So, what was it? It was like one got 11 and one got three. So, yeah, between those three D linemen, it's 24 offers out of one camp in two years. So, it's uh, we're doing something right over here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, because I was just at Irish Invasion, Notre Dame's big invite camp mm -hmm. uh, by the summer. And you have so many kids who, I mean, I'm sure it was a great day to work out. But if you're coming from the south and you're going up to Notre Dame and you have, like, no offers, I mean, you really don't what, – what's the point? of going to that but you go to one of those mega camps where there's like 50 fbs schools right you got some power fives you got fcs d2 i mean you're just getting so much more bang for your buck there's also going to be a lot more kids at that kind of camp but if you're good then you know you can impress a lot of people so i'm glad i'm glad to hear that man. no yeah i mean you nailed it because he went into this kid his name is jared lacuna who goes to millard south but he went into it with a handful of d2 offers and i knew he's an fcs player yeah and then he got two group of five offers at that camp as well. So, yeah, I think for those kids that, you know, that want to go to an Ohio State camp or Notre Dame camp or whatever, yeah, again, bang for your buck. You can kill a lot of birds with just one, you know, camp there and have a lot of those eyeballs. So, yeah, it's been a fun summer. So we've been doing the Goolsby Show for, if you guys can believe it, it's coming up on three years. I mean, we've been doing this for a hot minute now. Uh, probably, I mean, about three years probably – March 2020 was when we first like interviewed you or I did an interview with you for a pod. So we're, but as far as, far as like the post game show, that was th that fall. So uh, there's been many times where we've gone a month of not doing a show, but for whatever reason, everyone is just like, he's back. He's back. Look at this. I mean, uh, well, dude, you take so many damn vacations, brother. You know? <laughs> I don't know why you say that. It's a 50 50 equation. Here. I, I do, I do travel a lot, but not many vacations. Not many. No, vacations. it's good. It's good to rest up, man. You got to recover in the off season, you know. I do one um, big trip a year. I did, uh, I did Dominican last year. This year was the cruise. Next year, I'm doing a 10 day cruise in Europe. 
which is going to be sick. Didn't you say, I heard you on the, with Tim, you said you weren't a fan of the crew. I wasn't. One? I mean, I was, you know, it, it's not my favorite thing, but the thing about the, the, the Europe cruise is going to Europe. Like this was just a cruise to cruise, but now you're saying I can hit all of these different spots in Europe as a first time, you know, my first time going over there, same bed each night. Right. I know what to expect with the food each, you know, like, and, and then just kind of port and, and, uh, you know, go see these different places. I think it's going to be pretty sick. Okay. Uh, this is a good question. All right. And we're, we're going to talk Notre Dame. I promise five minutes. We haven't talked Notre Dame yet. So Baja blast, right? This is a 52 inch. Sorry for podcast audience. This is a 52 inch plastic cup that I got from the movie theater. And this is how I just drink my water. I just get a ton of water. This is, this is the biggest cup I've ever seen. In my life. So this is, I drink my water out of this now. Or is it tequila? We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. Well, I remember back when you and Tim used to drink on the pod. Now. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I know. I put on too many pounds. That's it. I meant to mention it too. I was getting ready for the show. I did go to Vegas for work. Yeah. And I did not go to the Taco Bell Cantina. So maybe next year. Yeah. I'm on the flight home and I'm like, damn it. What did I forget to do? And it's like. Forgot the Taco Bell Cantina. The singer's going to be so disappointed. I, I am a little bit, but I mean, you're there for business. It's not like you were hanging on the strip too much, right? Or, or maybe you were. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we got out a little bit, but no, nothing had to be. You know, had to be up early. So, and we did it at 40 years old, brother. I've done Vegas so many times. It's like yeah. I don't necessarily look forward to it. Yeah, I've only been once, and uh, and your takeaway was the Taco Bell Cantina. It was, it was definitely a highlight, um, and I did decent in blackjack. So, um, but I'm yeah, I, don't, to go back I don't gamble. I don't gamble. I'll bet sports. I'll bet college football, but at that, the tables are intimidating, man. I've never really done it. And I just, it's, I just keep, very keep intimidating if you, if you don't know, yeah. and it's, when it's crowded, but, uh, yeah, I found a locals one cause my buddy lives out there, works at UNLV. So we'd had like a locals casino and, you know, $5 hands. So it was cheaper and it was fun, but anyways, right. Folks, please do, uh, if you're watching on YouTube live or uh, watching back, which is awesome, the amount of people who watch this back, thousands and thousands of people watch the replay. So hello to people watching us back. Um, I hope the future is doing well. Uh, please hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, for more content. If you're listening via podcast, we appreciate you as well. If you haven't uh, left us a kind review uh, wherever you listen to this, please do that. And our current promo at blueandgold.com, it's a buck for three months or $49.99 for a year at Blue and Gold. And I will also mention um, June 12th is the last day to sign up for a discounted um, deal on our Blue and Gold football preview magazine. So go to bluegoldonline.com if you're interested in that. I think it's like 160 pages, glossy pages, um, fantastic articles. I did interviews with... Jerome Bettis and his son, Jim Flanagan and his son, um, and uh, Brian Urlacher for a big article I'm doing that I was working on tonight. I'm stoked about it. So bluegoldonline.com to pick that up. Okay, Mike, Notre Dame football talk, eight minutes in the show. We're finally getting to it. Um, you know, when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss for tonight's show, you had you, you were pondering like unknowns on the offense. It's, it's kind of a – it's a pivotal year – I mean, it's always a, a pivotal year on that side of the ball, but it, it just seems like this one, you have a lot of question marks and again, unknowns, like you said, what, what's on your mind when it comes to this Irish offense? It's, it's the off season, Mike, right? It's a time for optimism, right? Hope is kind of renewed, starting with a clean slate. 
We've got Sam Hartman. Your favorite. So there's, I get it. You know, there's reason for optimism there. But then I just look at like the skill positions across the board, save for Audric Estime. And I'm not talking about the running back room or the group itself. You've got one proven commodity in Audric Estime. And that's kind of it, man. I mean, you know, Mitch Evans has been around. So I think he's got three career catches off the top of my head. So it's just like that that skill group, while we're optimistic about the talent, yeah. and you have a veteran in Hartman getting the ball out there, but it's like, golly, the running backs room, again, on paper looks nice, but I'm just concerned. I mean, uh, Audric's built to be a bell cow back, a 20-plus carry guy. Can he do it for over the course of a season without his sidekick and Logan Diggs? We don't know. Um, I yeah, Mitch Evans and Michael Michael Mayer, I've said this before on the show, if you change their jersey numbers, they kind of look identical in terms of the way they move and their body types and all that. But he's an unproven commodity. And then outside at the receiver position, um, you know, I for, shoot, I forgot about Matt Salerno. I still don't look at Chris Tyree as a as a yeah. as a wide receiver. I just he's not. I think he's gonna be a mismatch guy kind of moving him out of the backfield and you've got Jaden Thomas and Jaden Thomas is a a really solid player I think he'll be an NFL player I don't think he's you know gonna blow your blow your mind when it comes to his testing numbers and stuff like that but he's a proven commodity is he even Michael is Jaden you played the position bro is Jaden Thomas even a traditional wide receiver not really he's kind of that hybrid body type h back you can do a lot of, i don't say that as a knock but it's oh, just no, like yeah. man it's an interesting contrast in that you've got you know a 24 year old quarterback that's played a ton of football <laughs> and you've got he's throwing it to a bunch of kids i mean we're younger this year than we were last year at the mm -hmm. wide receiver position that's how it feels so okay. Are you are you a fifty two ounce glass half empty guy or half full guy? I don't know, but that's where I'm at. Well, which one are you? I am uh, wait and see. I'm kind of cautious here. And then the one thing that I'm kind of excited about, or maybe two things, in regards to this young talent, is out of that Braylon James, Rico Flores, Great House, Caleb Smith group, who's going to be your breakout? Yeah. I think Jaden Greathouse coming off the spring game is kind of the obvious pick, but something I just like that Braylon James, man. So he's kind of my pick. And I also think in terms of the backs, and I forgot about Devin Ford, forgive me. Yeah, the new kid, yeah, yeah. I, and you needed him because of what we're talking about. Yep. But um, wouldn't surprise me if Jeremiah Love grabbed some people's attention this year. He's definitely a – a home run hitter type. Uh, yep. When you talk about his track speed, Mike, he's like a 10, 500 meters guy. Yeah. Which for a kid, his size folks, that is floating. What? Six I mean, foot, 190 pounds. That's a big kid. Yeah. That's a big kid. Um, so yeah, it's like, I think he's a nice kind of lightning. It's such, it's so cliche. I think he's a nice lightning to Audrey estimates thunder, but you're going to have to spell Audrey estimate. It's just the, the way it is. He's an outside zone guy to me. Um, but, yeah, I think he's kind of like one of my – I think Holden Stays could break out. I like Braylon James. I just love the speed. 
and he'll either go up and get it guy. I mean, we've always had kids. I shouldn't say we've always had You're talking kids. About Braylon now? Come again? You're talking about Braylon? Correct. Yeah, you go back to his highlight tapes, and there's there's plays where he'll go up and time his jump and snatch that ball. Whereas a guy like Deion Colsey is kind of a run underneath it guy. Everything kind of has to be picture perfect. And you know how much Sam Hartman kind of loves those back shoulder fades based off of what we saw with him at, at Wake. Um, but the, yeah, this kid's just got unique speed. So I'm curious to see one of those kids has to pop. Uh, and, and I mean, I haven't talked to Notre Dame sources about this in a while because I'm kind of focused on 2024 recruiting and even 25, but you know, their thought was the same thing you're saying. One of these guys is going to emerge at the receiver position, mm-hmm. the pecking order. And, and it's a really good four man receiver class. The pecking order for me of who I think is most likely to break out would be great house on top. I think that's kind of just it, it, the betting odds. If this were a bet, right. He would be the sure. Probably like the minus minus one fifteen, Right. I mean, he, he's the favorite. Um, I would put Rico next and then Braylon and then Caleb Smith fourth. But seriously, it, I mean, the odds wouldn't be crazy against Caleb Smith, even, even though he's coming in the summer and he's the less heralded guy. Like they really, really are excited about him. So it's a really good group. So but when you, when you break them down and we'll talk, a, we'll talk some 2024 receivers here, or at least one. But like when I see Rico, and you know I'm a fan of Rico and a fan yeah. of Jaden, I love Rico's toughness and his ability to run routes. But I don't think Rico, nor do I think Jaden have like elite speed. Super well coached, very polished, tough route runners, great hands, competitive. Which is why I think they have better chance to break out. As no friends. doubt, no doubt. But I mean, if we're talking about a new offense under coach Parker, you you want to create big plays. I mean, that's been talked about publicly. So it's like out of that group, who's your best big play threat. That's why I go back to Braylon James. Um, And we can't forget about Tobias Merriweather, but yeah. yeah. um, He's got like, (laughs) you know, I go back to his coach's comment about comparing him to Randy Moss and such, but um. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's just we we got to find an over the top threat. We got to find a consistent player. I think Great Great House can be kind of that consistent kind of third down. Maybe who, I mean, who's going to replace your Michael Mayer? You know, just we threw it to him every other third down was going to Michael Mayer. Yeah. So there's just a lot. There's a lot of a lot of unknowns at the skill position. Very high ceiling. And how much? How much does like? Hartman's preference factor in here. The coaches have a say, but like, yeah, is he going to develop a chemist more of a chemistry with a Braylon James or Mayweather? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say like Pine obviously had outstanding chemistry with with Mayor. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. looked to him all the time. So yeah, that's a great point. Like, I, as you said, I, I was also thinking about like Aaron Rodgers. Like, totally. When, he, when Aaron Rodgers loses trust in a young receiver, he's like, I'm not throwing you the ball at all. I will not look to you. We'll just throw to a running back. And then, you know, Randall Cobb, you know, 20 times a game. Yeah. Alan and Sam Hartman and Aaron Rodgers are what the same age or like two years apart. Or... <laughs> See, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, th- that's going to, that's going to be a thing. Coaches are going to have their say, but you know, Sam Hartman is almost a coach yeah. in terms of his level of experience or whatever. So, but I just got, like I said, I got concerns about the depth at the running back position. 
I'm super optimistic about love. God, I, I wish you would have been an early enrollee. Yeah. I'd have felt better about it. Um, How much do you think that impacts it for him? Well, when I just get into like the past pro and stuff, I mean, like earning again, earning that coach's trust. But this is kind of one of those guys where he's just got that natural speed and natural ability where if you know, give him a couple, two, three games into the season and see what you've got there. Yeah. And then you've got the two kids coming in behind him in Aeneas Williams and uh, Young. Yeah. So it's like you're going to have to start playing these kids. And I'm not forgetting about Jadarian Price, who's another kind of elite talent, difference maker, game changer type ability. But I still want to give him all the time in the world to heal from that Achilles just to be get back to being that explosive athlete. Give him time. Yeah. And for folks watching on YouTube, this is footage that I shot from one game last year, the, all those clips. He was outstanding. He's a special player. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, before we move on to talk about some of this Notre Dame athletics director stuff, um, I, you know, we got to address this. Like JC says, it all comes down to the O-line. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a machine, right? The, the whole offensive machine, you, you can't fire on all cylinders if, if you know, if something's broken there. So... Um, to a, yeah, it's, it's to a degree. That's kind of a throwaway statement. I've, you know, the overline's got a block, but when we're talking and Tim and I love to talk about this stuff, like special players go back to our last special back, you know, feature back Kyron Williams. Yeah. Kyron Williams, the last three quarters of his senior year or his junior year, whatever, you know, whatever the eligibility was, he made a lot of his own yards. He stepped out of shoot. I mean, I don't know how many tackles that kid broke. So it's like you, the kids that have a special ability to hit a home run. You remember, everybody remembers the run against North Carolina where he traversed field, stiff arm, touchdown. I mean, kids that have that kind of ability runs like that, uh, that's outside of the framework of the offense or outside of the blocking scheme. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks, please do hit that thumbs up on the video. If you're just joining us, uh, where was this comment here that I wanted to pop up on the screen? Matt says, man, if I miss taco and the ghouls, um, I'm the taco bell guy. So, uh, Matthew, glad you are uh, here with us. Uh, Missed you too, Matthew. Hope everybody is doing well. He's going to like save that little clip and just going to, that's going to be his new ringtone. Anytime someone's calling that, what you just said to him, just, just kidding. All right, everybody. Um, so Jack Swarbrick steps down as Notre Dame's AD and, uh, Notre Dame already has his replacement lined up too. And we'll learn about him in a minute, but, uh, let me look up Jack Swarbrick's age real quick too. Um, uh, you know, he is 69. Nice. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I I, you know, in a lot of YouTube comments, you know, when I did like a little news video about this, it was, oh, thank God he's gone, all this stuff. And, you know, like if you look at like the success at Notre Dame and his 15 years, I think it's 15 years, a lot of good things across the board in sports, right? But I also understand like if, you know, Notre Dame's athletics limitations, you want to blame it on him, I guess. But um, thoughts, thoughts on this new schools of Swarbrick uh, stepping down? You and I were talking off air before we went live. Some of this is above my pay grade. We're hiring a former NBC exec to be our new AD. I get that he was a walk-on punter under Lou Holtz. You know, cool. <laughs> 
but I, you know, we've touched on this or I've touched on this quite a bit on this show. And I'm trying to say this as, as politically correct as I can. It's like, when I became a Notre Dame fan, it was under Lou Holtz. And I think Lou Holtz had like blue collar DNA from, you know, Steel Town of PA, if my memory conserves me, serves me correctly. And it was kind of a blue collar fan base. Over time, Notre Dame has sort of become holier than thou. And they sort of build themselves that way. And they sort of sell that. So, like, I look up the new AD's, like, background. Like, he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. You know, grew up very heavily involved in golf, right? Uh, the sport of Kings. And it's just, like, the way I see it, it's just going to be more of the same in terms of, like, Notre Dame can kind of be a little bit stuffy at times. And I think if they wanted to stay on that path, this is this is going to be a good fit. For If that's how Notre Dame wants to brand themselves, this is a natural fit. That was kind of my first thought. Does that mean with his background with NBC that our new TV contract is going to be renewed with NBC? I can't say. Again, it's above my pay grade. But you probably have a good pulse on this, Mike. Like, In terms of national branding with these young kids and the recruiting, because all of this centers around recruiting. That's why Coach Freeman was hired. It's difficult to build a national brand when we're – always in bed with NBC. Yeah, ESPN doesn't like Notre Dame, probably because of the conservative nature of the school and the program. But then also we've got that contract with them. What's well, true. We've got that contract with NBC where it's like, we're not doing ESPN any favors. And ESPN is kind of has that broad sort of reach. So, I mean, I'm, those are just my initial thoughts, just things to consider. But it seems like on paper, it's going to be more of the same. Lou Holtz, born in Fallensby, West Virginia. West Virginia, I knew that, yeah. Town of 2,900 people uh, and grew up in East Liverpool, Ohio. Um, okay. So you think going with Pete Bavequa is kind of more of the same? I do. Okay. I do. I just look at the – I look at his background, again, from Greenwich, Connecticut, East Coast – uh, it just, it just, yeah, it seems like a natural Notre Dame fit. I don't know if he's going to shake anything up. I do like the fact that he's a little younger. I think that's a pro. As far as Notre Dame football is concerned, like with Coach Reese moving on, and because Jack had a hand in that kind of awkward marriage where Coach Reese wanted to be the head coach, and then he kind of strongly encouraged Coach Freeman to retain him as an offensive coordinator. So, like, as far as Coach Freeman is concerned, he is free and clear of like anything and everything related to Brian Kelly, the old guard. This is a new frontier for him with a brand new AD. Okay. Let me throw something at you, please. A, lo a lot of like, whether it's NFL, really in any of these sports, when you have a general manager change, and I think we can throw it like AD and a general manager, and then that head coach is struggling that it, that was, you know, that the general manager AD inherited. What do you always say when that head coach is struggling? Well, he, he, that AD, that GM didn't hire him. So do you think that this would kind of put Freeman on a shorter leash under Bavequa? Again, above your pay grade, but something to consider. No, it's a great thought. That's my job here, Mike. No, it's a great job. Great question. I would say, yeah. Generically speaking, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but what Pete is thinking, hello, I don't know. Well, so what Pete might be thinking though too. Notre Dame needs to capitalize on Coach Freeman. Like push, I think Freeman's trying to push himself to the forefront. He's very public. He's at the White House. Like he's trying to build, you know, make Notre Dame relevant and push Notre Dame out into the public. And maybe a guy, a former TV exec, can help manage that and kind of prop Coach Freeman up. But then, and hopefully that leads to continued better performance on the field, better recruiting. So yeah, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like I'll always have, you know, just going through our, our message board at blueandgold.com, which again, please do subscribe to our website. Check check it out. Great months to sign up with all the recruiting stuff. But people be upset naturally about recruiting all the time. Oh, we didn't land, you know, four five-star defensive linemen that we led for at one point in the past two classes. And I said, well, if that's the standard, then fire out Washington, fire every other coach at Notre Dame, fire 99% of the country's coaches because they're not doing that either. You know, so it's just a, like, um, I lost my train of thought. Just, just totally. Hate when that happens. Dude, it all happens to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the AD talking about <laughs> propping coach Freeman up. I had a good point. I just totally lost it. I was looking at my other. Well, you argue your argument is that, yeah, nobody's ever happy about the recruiting numbers. They want the number one recruiting class. They want five stars, top to bottom. I appreciate you. Helping you out. I, I, I just totally had a brain fart. Great, great radio. Great TV here, folks. Um, I'll just go to my other thought, but there was something good and we'll go back to it. I will push back a little bit on your more of the same. Um, oh no, I was talking about Freeman. Okay. All right. I got it. All right. Well, then we'll go. Nobody's back. watching. Nobody's watching. Yeah, no one's go ahead, watching. Take your time. Have, you know, 300 plus on here. Um, like when people say that, I'm like, I don't know who can come in here and do like a whole lot more. Like it's it's it, like when people are like, man, Notre Dame needs to sign better players. I'm like, what? You think the staff's not trying? Like I, I like they're they're like I've covered recruiting for ten years. Like I don't know if I've in four at Notre Dame. I don't think I've seen a staff recruit as hard as this. I mean, look at how well Notre Dame did on Brian Kelly. The recruiting class numbers just based off rankings. If Notre Dame signs a top ten class this year, like they're on track for. Back to back to back top ten classes. Kelly never did that once. Yeah, like the it, it, Notre Dame is trending so upward that I do think that Notre Dame needs to give Freeman some time because I think that the way Notre Dame is recruiting in an NIL world that is not kind to Notre Dame and this transfer portal world that is not kind to Notre Dame, given the academics, right? Like uh, Notre Dame could change. In, in NIL and just play that game like a Texas A&M, I don't think like, maybe they could, but the academics, the, the the transfer portal, like getting undergrads to Notre Dame, that, I don't think that's really going to change much. Like Notre Dame's pushing for it more under Marcus Freeman, but it's Notre Dame. It's not really going to change. So I think to offset these limitations that Notre Dame has, you need Marcus Freeman. Like he just fits so well here. So I do think Bavekwa would uh, – be wise to invest into Marcus Freeman and yeah no like I said he's charismatic dude here we go singer no he was just yeah super charismatic dude handsome guy um he's doing he's doing a he's doing a really good job but the argument there is like Mike how hard did how hard did coach Kelly try maybe is it just the fact that coach Freeman's actually trying you know whereas he's not playing golf like coach Kelly was over time. I mean, that's, that was a thing. 
it's none of this is going to change, brother, until we put guys in the first round. Yeah. I mean, you want to start competing with the Bama's, Georgia's, the Ohio State's of the world. You have to start putting dudes in the first round. And that comes with winning and it comes with recruiting a better athlete. Yeah, I just retweeted something on Twitter where there's an NFL guy, he's like a, a senior bowl exec, Jim Nagy, N-A-G-Y. I don't know how to pronounce it. But he was like, yeah. the NFL is a genetics league. It's a genetics league. Like, like you're trying to find the best athletes. And over the last couple of classes, you're starting to get kids that just move differently. Um, we'll talk about a few of them today. Length is very important to Notre Dame. It's, very it's it, this class in particular. I mean, there's we'll, we'll get to it, folks. There's some like lower ranked kids, but they're really good football players with high upside athletically. And I know the ranking isn't where you want to see it, and the offer list isn't 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 anything to write home about. But if you really drill into the film, they're really really good football players that have high athletic upside. They've got length and they can run. Um. And that's really what it's going to take to kind of change that narrative. Yeah. And then the better teams, the more successful programs, and this isn't rocket science, like they win more postseason awards. You have more draft picks. I mean, when I was at Notre Dame, it was up, down, up, down every year. You win nine, ten games, you'd have six, seven guys drafted. You win six games, you have two or three drafted. It's just the way the world works. Yeah. Andrew Gilmore drops a five. Appreciate it. He says, let's talk about the elephant in the room. My hope is that the new AD is 100% in favor of NIL. So that was my other thought. Like, that was, I was kind of going to say, I'll push back on you on. I think having this NBC guy is kind of like bringing an outsider into your AD. Maybe a lot of AD hires are in television. Heck if I know. But it seems like bringing an outsider in to the, like, I don't. I don't think he's worked for a college before. Like, I mean, he's he's almost like a consultant, Mike, right? That's like, he's almost like a full-time in-house consultant taking I, his I, background. I like yeah. I kind of like, I like, it. I don't I know how he's going to do that he's younger. Like, I don't know how he's going to do a scheduling, but like football is scheduled out for the next decade. So he doesn't really have to, you know, he, he can work on the 2037 schedule, I guess. But um, do you think he's going to tap into coach Holtz? For... Advice, advice etc i don't know but I, I i i again i just i think it's a good outsider's thing to yeah just continue to grow notre dame um yeah they're might have you know more games on peacock because of this i you know i don't really care about peacock as much as everybody else does i pay the five dollars a month and watch some of the office and you know I'm oh, it's trash it's hard to you can't you, again my biggest complaint yeah, for, is for your, your, your aspects you know for you me ever watching premier league you know I'm, I'm i'm happy as a you know as a claim watches but i yeah I, I just think there's something about bringing in someone from the outside to disrupt this hopefully that that's kind of my thought on uh on this and yeah maybe it's and maybe part of it is nil like maybe now you know notre dame has you know, got a ton of players doing, you know, NBC commercials or something. Hell if I know. Maybe, you know, Notre Dame does a show on NBC. I, I don't know. But just something in NIL, dude. Well, do you feel like just – and we'll move on. But in regards to NIL, do you feel like it's calmed down a little bit? It's not quite the wild, wild west that it was a couple years ago. Is it as big of a thing? How about this? Maybe it's not the wild, wild west. It's just the wild west. Okay. Maybe it's not as crazy because there's so much like we don't know what this is, but it's and on three actually just had like this whole 
NIL conference. I don't know if you saw it, but the the uh, the the um, Kirk Herbstreit was there. The big gymnastic, um, the gymnast gymnast girl from LSU is the social media sensation. She was there, um, and a lot you know, and, and went on through talking to some of these guys like, how's NIL impact your recruitment? They're like, it's somewhat of a factor of I'm going to go where I want to go. Um, now that's what we all say, but you know, if you're getting thrown six figures at you, it might, you know, become a bigger factor, but well, it, it takes, it takes me back to the NFL conversation. You got to get guys in the, into the first round. You know, I talked to, um, I talked to a big 10 coach last week. There's a tight end I work with. that got an offer from Iowa, Nebraska, and Illinois talk to the Iowa coach. And he's like, Oh, we don't. Cause I'm joshing with him about who's t- who's tight end. You is it, is it Iowa? Is it Notre Dame? And he's like, Oh, we don't recruit Notre Dame kids. He's like, oh, we're not going to get that four star. We're not going to get that five star. He's like, we develop kids. And I'm like, and then he goes to like the, the, the list, like Dallas Clark, you know, who is a, I don't know, borderline hall of famer with the Colts yeah. and Peyton Manning. Like, he was a walk on tight end that they turned into a first round pick. At t- I was like, I didn't realize that. Yeah. But they're putting guys into the first round. I mean, Northwestern has more first-round picks than we do. So it's like, you know, we know Joe Alt, barring injury, whatever's going first round. Blake Fisher, potentially first round. Like, you need to start getting some of those marquee player household names. I mean, it's Notre Dame, man. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what's going to take. You got to have the athlete um, and, the, you know, the production. I mean, that's how you're going to grab these high school kids. So, yeah, if Notre Dame's recruiting this – you know, five-star cornerback, you're going to say, hey, well, we sent two offensive linemen in the first rounds. Come here. I, I think first round is first round. Even I don't think they're going to – yeah, I just – sure. It doesn't need to be a first-round corner. Ideally, sure. But, I mean, yeah, we need first-round kids. Like, every year you got to have one or two. It's just the way it goes. Okay. Like, Justin Scott, that's a first-round talent. It just is. I, I, I don't disagree, but – out of the way. It's a first-round talent. Yeah, I, I don't – I don't – if that does happen, I don't know if it would change as much as you think it would. I'd like to find out. I would like to find <laughs> out, too. That would be a great discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Kids, when you talk to them, I mean, you talk to these kids, I'd love to know. It's just like, you know, get, it's when, when kids think about playing in the NFL, I was one of those kids. You think about being a first-round draft pick. Yeah. No kid dreams about being a sixth-round draft pick. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Draft pick, for right? sure. No, you're, for sure. You're talking to kids. The NFL is the the ultimate goal for sure. Yep. For sure. But I mean, I think the goal is more of getting to the NFL, not so much where you get picked. You just want to make it. And then Notre Dame can point to all time draft picks as a as a pretty good thing. I just think that NFL success, draftable NFL kids is a way for us to circumvent a little bit of money being yeah. thrown around with NIL. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, so Notre Dame has picked up tons of new commitments. All the, the six guys we're going to be talking about have all committed to the Irish in the past, I think, six or seven weeks, several of them in the past just couple weeks. So we're going to be talking about them. And, uh, yeah, pretty excited about this, Mike. Um, and we're going to start with a guy who I know you're you're super fired up about from Lufkin, Texas. Again, folks, we're, we're transitioning and talking about recruiting. These guys committed to Notre Dame. If you have anything that you, you want us to address uh, pretty quickly, we'll uh, just drop a super chat. We'll get to it. But otherwise, yeah, we're going to be talking recruiting here. Lufkin, Texas, 5'11", 225 pounds, a bruiser, potential Audric Estime replacement, four-star player, uh, pick Notre Dame over 
I think he had like basically all the Texas schools, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Michigan was after him as well. Um, yeah, committed to Notre Dame uh, June 5th, just off the heels of an official visit. What do you think about him, Mike? This kid's dope. He's fantastic. I went back last night and I watched Audric Estime's highlight film. And he's a markedly better player than Audric Estime was in high school. Uh, and if you remember, Audric Estime was a very, like, super late offer for us, right, Mike? Yeah. Wasn't he? Like, 11 day. Yeah. So, uh, this kid's this kid is, like, my comp for him was, like, and again, these are all fun comps when I do this, but it's like Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, to me, is, like, damn near, like, the perfect running back. I looked up Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott is six foot tall. 226. This kid's 5'11, 225. Like thin waist, big thigh, stop start. His balance is elite uh, in terms of like his contact balance. And that was something we saw a lot of with Kyron Williams. Um, this is kids like an inside zone, runs with a wide base, low pad level. He's got burst. He knows how to set up blockers, patience, all that. Like this kid is a great running back. And like, if you compare him to like a Jeremiah Love, who's kind of like a long strider, kind of a home run hitter, Darren McFadden type back, mm. uh, this kid can like make his own yards, yeah, the kind of dirty yardage inside. This kid's really, really, um, it's like, again, when you draw up a true running back brother, like this is what they look like. That thin waist, big thighs. Almost looks a little bit uh, pigeon-toed, which I like. It's a marker for athleticism. I think we talked about this before in the past. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just see the balance, dude. I don't know what his time speed is, Mike. I don't know if you you know have any data on that. I'd love to know that just for, like, some confirmation uh, to make you feel really, really good about it, like a you know 100-yard meter time or a 40 time. But, yeah, this kid's – he's playing down in Texas. This kid's special. I – I talked about this in a video we did with Tim Hyde, just about Notre Dame running back recruiting since the 2019 class, dude. It's just been so good. You know, to Kyron, Tyree, Estime, Diggs, Price, mm-hmm. Love, Kedron Young, Aeneas Williams. Dude, I mean, it's so freaking good. Like, yeah, that, that's a that's what seven, eight backs right there. Those are all big time talents. You know, the the lowest ranked of that group, Kyron. <laughs> I was going to say Kyron Estime. Kyron. And it's, it's you know, you want to call him an estimate comp or something because he's, you know, 220 Big. plus. But his, like, his pad level and his base with his feet, he's a, he plays much lower and has a lot more wiggle. He kind of has that dead leg thing where you see kind of people drop their hip and step out of attack. Like Saquon Barkley probably does it the best. And Kyra, or excuse me, Andre, I mean, he's literally, Mike, built like a bodybuilder. Like, like again, like front to back, dude, he's got to have like a 50-inch chest. And he's built like a bodybuilder. And he almost even runs high. You see, Andre does a lot of this, kind of double hands on the ball. Whereas this kid's more of a make you miss in the whole time. This is a really special player. And I know I said the same thing about Love last year. But um, in terms of like a true running back, this is what they look like. Okay. Yeah, big get for uh, Notre Dame um, in uh, the state of Texas. Notre Dame just keeps going into Texas and landing uh, big-time talents. Um, the three big receivers from last class, 
uh, Micah Bell, the All-American corner from Houston, uh, Keedron Young. I, it's it's just uh, – Mike, off the top of your head, how many kids in this class, before you jump on to the next commit, how many kids in this class are East Coast? Like New York, Massachusetts. They got a kid from Virginia. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. Off the top of my head. Because I'm not a fan. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before. I'm looking myself. You're not a big East Coast guy? I've just uh, never been a big uh, East Coast guy, dude. Albert, PA. I can't. Is this Philly-ish, I think? That's fine. I'm talking about New York, Massachusetts. Okay. Like, you know, where you got Jason Anye from, like, Massachusetts. Do we have any of those kids in their fits, no. you know, academically? Okay. You got one New Jersey kid, I think. Go down. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Good. No, so that's a plus for me. Yeah. You got a few kids out of Missouri. Um, you got kids from Georgia. You got kids from Texas. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame does as well. They they definitely do. Texas and Georgia are two huge priorities for the uh, the state of yes. Yeah, Susan says, "Don't you say Connecticut?" I mean, Notre Dame loves quarterbacks from Connecticut too. Um, so does Goolsby. Our AD's from Connecticut. Our new AD. Speaking of from the state of Georgia, Isaiah Canyon, yeah. uh, Warner Robins High School, from the same area as uh, Notre Dame receivers coach Chancey Stuckey. That surely had an impact on Notre Dame landing um, his commitments. Um, yeah, Mike, you know, when you watch his tape, he's got some plays at corner, some quarterback, Love receiver, obviously. Um, Rankings vary a ton here on three, which is not shy about just not really giving a damn about what the other websites rank a kid. Has him ranked as a top 100 player nationally. You see 24-7 and rivals. Have him ranked as a three-star. Um, a guy who, when he got offered by Notre Dame in March, everyone's like, are you kidding me? Why are we offering this guy? This ain't a, you know, this isn't a talent we need. Yeah, now, number again, number 95 player in the country um, per on three top 300 player per the industry ranking. So yeah, Isaiah Canyon, six, 390 pounds. Uh, let's pop on his tape. Mike, why don't you tell us what you think about him? I watched this again this afternoon. I really like the kid long strider, right? He'll go up and get the ball. And that's just the thing is that the last few years, our big receivers, six, two plus, they're like run underneath it guys. Whereas like they can put their foot in the ground and elevate and catch a back shoulder fade type thing. Um, and he just has speed, Mike, is stride length times frequency, right? Stride length times, you know, turnover times frequency. And he's just got a little bit more turnover to me than a great house or a Flores. Like, again, those guys to me are more underneath guys, mm-hmm. um, more of your possession and that Mike Singer kind of role. <laughs> okay. And this guy is more of a take the top off, go get it type of guy. I don't discount the fact that he's a nice looking quarterback too. I mean, you could do some fun things there Yeah, schematically, but yeah, he just seems a little bit swifter, more swift to me than a, um, a Flores or a great house at this point. And I also like the other thing, just thoughts. Like if he's six, three, one ninety, I love it. You know, a guy that's like Tobias's size, that's pushing up six, four, you know, Colsey's six, five. It's, and you know, this again, it's hard for those guys to get down and get in, get in and out of their breaks. 
Uh, but a 6'3", 190 guy, I mean, that's like a Chad Johnson type thing. Like, you know, you're still – you're tall enough to be able to box people out, but you're also light enough to be able to move. So it's just a really nice kind of setup, like a 6'3", 190. Like, I love that versus a 6'5", you know, a 205 type of thing. It's sounds like you're splitting hairs. But the this kid, Mike, when I first saw his film, like, it really grabbed me. Like, I really liked it. Yeah, you can't have enough of these big receivers, you know, like these just tall guys to me. But you got if you're going to be big, bro, you got to be able to go up and high point a ball, and you see it on his film, like to adjust in the air to go compete. Where we again, that's still a huge question mark for me when I'm talking about Colsey. Is I don't know how much he loves to go compete. Um, <laughs> and there's enough kids, you know nipping at his heels that will and this is another kid categorically mike that we could say as i touched on earlier notre dame is recruiting uh maybe some lesser ranked kids but tremendous football players with high athletic upside and as you see this kid's going to play receiver at notre dame and he's got clips on his highlight tape of playing corner and receiver he's a football player yeah no he's got the high athletic upside and again the rankings um, have been following suit. So, yeah, Isaiah Canyon from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, um, committing to the Irish. Um, so he's 6'3", 190. Logan Thomas, uh, an an edge prospect, 6'3", 210. Um, so, he, he, you know, he looks like a receiver. Isn't that uh, funny? It's crazy you, how the game has changed. What do you think about the term edge? For describing these positions, Mike, it always seems like there's something. I've, ex- I've had to explain this to my girlfriend like two to three times in as many months. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's everything's so like so distilled down now. Where it's like SDE, strong side defensive end. W, what's a WDE versus an edge? So it's like, yeah, you could stand up, or you can be a two point guy, or you can put your hand on the ground. Edge, you might be dropping into coverage a little bit more. I mean, it's it's whatever. But this is a traits guy to me. He looks taller than 6'3". Uh, I wasn't blown away by his film, Michael, but I did like, I saw some footage. He went to one of these, you know, one of these combine. Yeah, All-American Bowl. He's no, I think it was All-American one. I saw him at. Yeah, I was there. And you can tell he's starting to put it together. He's starting to put it together in terms of like his pass rush acumen, but this is just a long levered guy, covers a lot of ground, still super raw to me. I was kind of comparing him to Aiden Gobayera. Okay. I think Logan, and this is just my two cents, I think Logan might be a better athlete overall in terms of testing, et cetera. But like Aiden really knows how to rush the passer, like really knows how to use his hands, et cetera, like get off. So if you give this kid a couple years with Coach Washington, right, you're kind of you're gonna rely on some of his physical traits. Some of those genetics will start to kind of come to the surface. Okay. But it is crazy how much the game's changed. Six three, two ten defensive ends. It's wild. And another kid from Texas with those big Texas offers, too. Yeah. I mean, Katie, I mean, yeah, you know, th- this area, this is, this is big time ball. Kate, Katie P- Paytow, I believe it's so, yeah, I don't know how you say it. Yeah, it really seems like defensively, like we're trying to come after you anymore. It's like we're trying to cover and come after you. 
And it's like, you're getting a bunch of kids that can get upfield. Um, I still think that Jalen Sneed is the only kid on the roster that's really suited physically to play the rover position. But it seems like we're even using him as a, as a blitzer anymore versus like 50% of that position is kind of dropping in coverage. So it's like, I think they're trying to get athletes that can, that can rush and, and we keep rolling in these kind of unique corners and it's, it's captain obvious, but we're trying to rush the quarterback and cover. When we've talked about Notre Dame's defense for the past few years, Mike, you know, you got your, your two interior guys, your strong side end, your Viper, your, your Mike will Rover, and then your two safeties and corners. Like, I really think ever since Marcus Freeman became defense coordinator, it's like slowly transitioning to, you know, you're you're going to drop your nose tackle into coverage and blitz your safety, all sorts of weird stuff. Really, I think the 335 is coming more. Like, it's, it's kind of just, it's a mad town. You've got a bunch of guys, and we'll talk about Teddy Rezac. He's like, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Is he a rover? It's like, yeah, you're getting a lot of those. Uh, we saw a little bit of that near the end of Kelly's tenure, I think. And who was his DM? Yeah. Say that again. Freeman was his DC. I, I just well, there, I well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just the length. It, 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 now we've got a couple. You know, we're going to get to Sebolano here, where you can finally find your 300 pound thumper in the middle. But yeah, I agree with you. It's just a lot of interchangeability. But then the rub, the downside, though, Mike, to like that interchangeability in terms of like your athletes and their body types and their different skill sets is that's a lot of shit for those kids to learn. Yeah. So it's like, wow, look at all these crazy athletes long. They can cover so much ground. They can flip their hips. Love it. But on the flip side, it might take them three years for them to learn how to do these five or six different things within the framework of the defense. So that's the downside. So that's why you still got JD and Maris playing. Yeah. You know, for I example. Need a super chat from uh, Andrew Gilmore that I want to pop up on the screen in just a moment. He says, Mike G, if you can only have one, rushing or Scott, I, I know you know about, you're familiar with Justin Scott. I, I don't know because it's not, we haven't talked about Elijah rushing a ton because everyone just wants to talk about Scott. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this this kid, Mike Elijah rushing. I'm more familiar with Scott than I am yeah, rushing. That's what I pop, his, pop his film on for two seconds. Let's do it. So I give him an honest answer. So he's a five star. Honestly, Mike, he looks like Keon Keeley. Um, Got to add here. Um, they're getting free. So he plays outside. Yeah. Ah, then give me Scott. And I wasn't crazy about – yeah, you're right. He does look a lot like Keeley. I wasn't blown away by Keon Keeley. I understood it. Beautiful athlete, as is rushing. They're tall. They're long. And you could see why they're a five-star. It's because they're physically – they're 6'5", 6'6", they're 240 or whatever, playing at the high school level. But, yeah, give me Scott. Give me Scott. That's a That's a – Scott's a six foot five, three hundred ten pound dude that moves like he's two sixty five, and like who's the kid, the defensive tackle, Jalen Carter for Georgia. Justin Scott is one of those guys, just long, explosive. He can jump around blocks and still make the play. Yeah, this kid plays too high for me. Give me, um, yeah, beautiful athlete, but I prefer Justin Scott just because he's inside. 
it, it's a fun question. Um, and, and Andrew, I really appreciate the super chat, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, it's asking me, do you, do well, this you... is my, this is my whole point, Michael. It's like yeah. Logan Thomas can grow into this is my, it's my whole thing. There's a lot more of these Vipers. There's Correct. not a ton of Justin Scott. This level. is Logan Thomas, but with 30 pounds. That's basically what it is in, in two inches. And that's right why now. he's a five-star and Logan Thomas would be a yeah. four-star. I mean, that's what this is. Yeah. But a, a Justin, I, I'm telling you, a Justin Scott type, and even Sevillano to a degree, bro, big men that can move like that with that kind of fluidity and burst, they're more difficult to come by. Yeah. If you're going to ask me, would you rather have like a a, a good pizza or a, like a bomb-ass breakfast burrito? It's like, I don't know. Just give me both. That's that's my answer. I don't have to. The good thing is I don't have to choose between those two things. You know, Notre Dame will uh, gladly take both. Again, I'd really do appreciate Super Chat Andrew and all the support. Um, from my old neck of the woods, Mike Sean Sevillano, Clearwater Academy. Look at Sunshine your boy, dude. State. Um, he's listed at six one and a half, three hundred twenty five pounds. I think he's down to like three hundred. But you know, if he was three hundred twenty five at one point, that it kind of tells you that he could get back up there. In no time. Um, Three-star, he's closer to rank number 1,000 than he is number 500 in the country. But uh, Final Four of Auburn, Miami, and Notre Dame and Ohio State, it's not bad. Um, Not great competition he plays against Mike, but uh, he certainly dominates. Yeah, that would affect your – so he's a Canadian kid. It's playing small ball now that he moved to the States down in Florida. So that affects the ranking, whatever. Um, and then this is also where you have to touch on Owen Waffle sort of, you know, decommitting or whatever was the case there. I guess coaches preferred Savalano over Waffle. I prefer, I would, I would agree with the coaches, Mike. Waffle to me was like a one gap upfield penetrator like a Howard Cross type dude. And Owen Waffle was an East Coast kid when he was never blocked, dude, on film. He was never blocked. And he was just running in the backfield, looked good. But it's like he looked like a linebacker coming on a blitz most of his plays. But this is a big boy uh, that plays hard and he's just like slippery and he just moves the right way. I got interviewed for a, lo- a local kid here, Mike, a couple months ago or something that covers like local recruiting. He I went on his YouTube channel. I saw it actually. Yeah. And he asked me, he was like, how do you find the kids that you want to work with? Like, and I was like, man, like it just comes down to like kids that kind of move the right way and you can teach them a little thing or two. This kid moves the right way. Yeah. And he's so loose for being as big as he is. They used to call guys like this, a dancing bear. And he (laughs) seems to like have some fire in his belly. Yeah. Um, I like him a lot. I like Brian's comment. He says, speaking of pizza and burritos, I love it. You know, I, I've said this before, Mike. I don't know if it was with you or with Tim. Is like my, my my best buddy in high school, you know, he wanted to be a linebacker, right? But he was a he was an interior defense lineman. All, all these big guys, like all defensive linemen want to be like an, an edge or an outside linebacker. Like I would say about 90% of like a – is he a defensive tackle? Is he a defensive end? 90% of those guys will say I'm a defensive end because that's what they want to be. But there's something about talking to Sean Savalano and being like, you're a nose tackle all the way, right? Like we're not talking three techniques. Like, Oh, I'm a nose tackle. 
There's yeah. something about just having your true interior guy, six two and a half, three hundred pounds. That's his job. Tim reminded me, Notre Dame hasn't taken one of these guys as a high school player it, since 2020, Aiden Kayana Who's never seen the field. Different discussion for a different day, but like just a true nose. Yeah. But this like that play right there. And you and I've heard other talking heads, other Notre Dame yeah, outlets like kind of knocking his lack of technique and whatever. <sighs> Fair point. Like he's not great with his hands, like right there, you know, not great with, but I'm just telling you, like for him to just hip toss somebody, like a lot of the times he's doing even off the wrong foot, like that's just like natural power. And that's why he, you know, a Miami wants him or a Florida wants him. Plays hard. Um, and then like, yeah, I've seen a clip where Jalen Carter, like again, jumps out of his gap, comes right back. Could you run that back, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Now he might be, he might be, I really like this kid folks, but he might have a, like a slant call or something where he's rocking next play. But look at your boy, dude. Hey, uh, right here real quick. Yeah, this is it. So he jumps out, he loops right here. Watch him run around this block incorrectly and still makes the play. You know, he's going to be asked at Notre Dame to just sit there and absorb those. But the, the ability to flash that kind of movement is why all these schools want him. And there, again, there's a, I go back to like this Jalen Carter from Georgia, who a lot of people thought was the best player in the draft, got himself into trouble as these guys do. But there's a play against Oregon where it's like that Oregon blocker steps to him and he just gives him the flipper and just knocks him, brings the guy to his knee and then makes the play in the backfield. It's like does, doesn't do anything right on the play and it ends up that kind of ability is what he plays him into the first round. I really like this kid. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. A right, good deal. Sean Savalano, um, Canadian born prospect. Yeah. Could you imagine what this kid's going to look like in a few years with coach Bayless up his ass? You know what I'm saying? Like, let me, let me rephrase that, but you know what I'm saying? Like this kid's like a sloppy 320, just moved here from Canada. I mean, imagine what this kid in a, in a couple years in the college weight room is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. It for your I'm your, excited your, about them for your top end guys. It's a little bit easier to know exactly what they're going to be, but it's still that's even still difficult. But for you know the the less heralded players, it, like it, you have to be good with your projections. Like you can't look at the kid be a guy he's sloppy in high school right now, but you got to project what he is. So he might be like a true three star talent right now, but these schools these big time schools were after him or see the, the projection for the next level. So yeah, it, it, to, to, two thoughts, excellent point. Cause yes, if you sign a, a Justin Scott and he doesn't pan out, fans are going to put as much of that on Justin Scott as they would Notre Dame. But it's like, if a Sevillano doesn't pan out, it was a bad eval. That's kind of what we're saying. Is that what you're saying, Mike? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So going back to that podcast, that kid asked me, he's like, how do you, I don't think I finished my thought, but like, how do you find kids to train? What are you looking for? And it's like, some kids just move the right way. And it's like, this is one of those kids where it's like, if you watch enough football, it's like, yeah, he absolutely has it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Last, but certainly not least, Mike, a player who I think you're pretty familiar with, Teddy Rizak, committed to Notre Dame in May in a process that was uh, pretty quick. Notre Dame saw him during the spring eval period. 
um, you know, went out and um, I, I was Chad Bowden saw him, Al Golden saw him. He visits campus. He commits. You know, Nebraska offered him right before he committed, right? Because they're like, we can't let this kid leave our state, and I actually really liked him. Um, but uh, yeah, not not the, again, not a high, highly ranked guy, but. Notre Dame's taking a flyer on a Teddy, Teddy Rezac. Um, pretty big receiver, a big time receiver, I think, too. Um, yeah, just just thoughts on uh in terms of you know at the high school level, played playing both sides of the ball. Just thoughts on this kid for Notre Dame. Yeah, so he plays at like the premier, like the corner that I worked with that went to Oregon, Avante Dickerson, yeah. a top 100 player. He went to West Side, so plays at a premier program. I was I'm familiar with Teddy. So he has a twin brother, Anthony, that's a hell of a quarterback, kind of a dual threat quarterback as well, who's got some power five offers. So I started working with Teddy, training him like three times. I think I've seen him. So we're still just, you know, figuring each other out. But back to what I said earlier is Notre Dame is recruiting really good football players that are you know less heralded but I have great athleticism. So I'm six foot four and Teddy and I look eye to eye. Yeah. And Teddy's substantially longer than I am in terms of like having arms down to, or you know, hands down to his knees, like the length, uh, super physical player for being undersized. You know, if he's 190 pounds, whatever he is at the moment, but he'll come down and hit you. But in the kid can run. So He's kind of a linear athlete, you know, kind of a straight line. I think he's projected to play Rover. Uh, just the type of kid that can do a lot of things. And I think he's going to have to grow into that linebacker position, understanding keys and footwork and all that. And I can't wait to continue to help him with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, just a, a super willing tackler and a kid that can fly downhill. And also, yeah, he's like, when you see like, linebacker types playing wide receiver. It's like, I was a five-star linebacker. I couldn't go play wide receiver. You know, I could hardly play tight end. So it just really kind of speaks to the just athleticism. Yeah. Well, what did you play linebacker at in, in high school? I came to Notre Dame as a 17 year old. I was 236. Yeah. And he's 190. Yeah. I, yeah. It's what's well, different. Right. It's, it's a, it's a definitely different game, but yeah, it's uh if you go back to his very, the very, very, very first clip of his film, I think like he's, like a curl, he's like a curl flat dropper. And he run. if I remember off the top of my head, like he runs underneath like a dig route. Yeah. Like that's probably what got Notre Dame's attention because it's basically what a rover does in terms of responsibilities was just that. It's like, oh, okay, this kid understands how to like take his eyes off the quarterback and find work and coverage. So – He's just got to put weight on is really what it comes down to. But then again, bro, we're talking about Logan Thomas, who's a four-star defensive end, and he's, what, 210? Yeah. So if Rezac's 190 or whatever as a rover kind of linebacker hybrid type thing, is 190 really that small? Yeah. So what's he going to need to play at? 205, 210. You know, I mean, J Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa was an amazing rover, and what he went into the league at like two twelve or something like that. Yeah, and he's killing it in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. JOK is a little bit, sh I mean, shorter, but yeah, the Rezac's just a, you know going to be longer. 
Well, and this is another thing too, just getting to know the kid. Yeah. Uh, definitely has like an edge to him, you know, which I really enjoy. Um, and he's like, he's into Notre Dame. Like he'll sit there and listen to like my war stories and stuff like that, which I dig. Right. He'll ask a lot of questions, which I think he's trying to get himself kind of familiarized with the program, but you could see dude, I mean, he's a physical player. And then the other thing too, in terms of like, impacting somebody's ratings or recruiting offer list, whatever, like Teddy does next to nothing on social media. Yeah. And as you know, bro, like, I mean, that's part of playing, you know, that recruiting game. Like he doesn't even really have a presence he, on social media. Uh, so when he got the Nebraska offer, I think he posted it on a Tuesday. He got it like three days before that. My understanding is that the family wasn't insured to post it. <laughs> like I, I, I was I thought he should because that's a big deal in the state of Nebraska to get that offer, and when some you know fan just has no idea who Teddy Rizek is, what's the first thing going to do? Look at the offers and look at the ranking, and you're just like, oh, he, he's low, he, he's ranked low, and he's a Nebraska kid without a Nebraska offer. So I think it's important that uh, that he he got that and did announce it. Um, yeah, the kid does seem like he's got some shit to him, and. Uh, it's a kid that's a kid that I think understands how big of a blessing that offer is, how big of an opportunity is. I don't think he takes it lightly. And um you know, we talked about this, or I, I keep saying we and it's me. You're good. Like having kids that like love football and okay. wanting kids that love football, he's one of those kids. How cool is Have it? A kid that'll sell out. Sorry, how cool sorry, is Mike. It to train him. I don't think you've trained. I mean train like a Notre Dame commit is this your first yeah well th this I you know again I after I think Notre Dame came into the picture his dad reached out to me and asked me to work with him so no I didn't I didn't have anything to do with Teddy oh no no I know that I know that. but no 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 I mean there hasn't been like this is your first um, like Notre Dame commit you've trained a lot of programs though Mike haven't really traditionally come to Nebraska yeah but, like, you've got all kinds of programs coming here. I mean, Teddy's teammate, a 2025 Christian, Christian Jones. Jones. Dude, that kid's 220 and ran a 100 meters in 10.89, finished sixth in the state. He's good. Like, he's like a borderline five-star kid. I wish – I pray that I get it to work with that kid. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, talent in this area, and some of these schools are starting to trickle in. But, again, I, I want to I touch on, like – I don't know – I a linebacker's coming to Notre Dame from the state you've lived in for a while. That's then you get to train him like this. That's pretty badass, right? Like how how is it just like interacting with him? And I'm curious about like when he does he pick your brain much? Like what what do, what does that look like? Yeah, that's so. Like if I really kind of pulling back the veil a little bit, like if I really invest in a kid, let your hair down, Mike. We want to hear it. Like if I really invest in a kid, it becomes like a relationship and, and to a degree it's somewhat sacred. So it's like, I'm not going to like speak publicly about this, like too much stuff because it's yeah. like, I'm building trust with that kid and his family. But yeah, I think it's an awesome, it's a huge blessing that like they trust me to start to like hopefully develop him and, and get him to understand like a different position. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been very cool, dude. You know, it's just like, well, I, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he thinks super highly of the program, hence the quick commitment. Uh, he was on his official visit this weekend. Yeah. 
So I told them to drink a bunch of water, dude, because they might put you on the scale, you know? So, no, I, I really look forward to his development. And the biggest thing that I'm working with him on now is like, this is his feet, right? So everything that he's done as a receiver and as a safety, it's very like linear. It's downhill. So like to get him a little bit to play with a little bit wider base and just more lateral change of direction stuff. Because as we know, you go in and play as a rover, you got to be able to play inside as a will. Like think of like a Jack Kaiser. All these guys end up kicking inside. So it's like I'm trying to start him to understand keys inside. And then he's more of a natural playing out in space, but yeah. just to get him comfortable playing inside too. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, dude? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, I really want to do an article with, with him, and I just need to find someone in Omaha that I can uh, talk to about him that, that has trained him before. I just don't know who that would be. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> it, was, it was funny when I was talking to, to Teddy's dad, um, you know, b- before he had committed about uh, you, you had come up and he was just like, yeah, you know, I was talking to Mike Goolsby. I, I even heard he did a Notre Dame podcast. Really cool guy. Because I asked him, I, I remember asking him, like, do you, you know, Mike Goolsby? He's like, yeah, I talked to him. I was like, uh, I was like, you know, he does the podcast with you. No idea. I was like, yeah, you know, small world, small world. It is a small world. All right, Mike. I think that just about does it, man. Hit hour 10 cool. minutes. Any uh, closing thoughts on any of the things we've talked about today before we sign off air? Or any, the floor is yours, Goolsby. Anything you want to chat about? I'm just ready for some football. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I keep saying it. Would you say close to three top 10 recruiting classes in a row? And I'm just, I'm really excited to see some like young kids get a shot. I just think the way that this season tees off with the early slate of games, it's a perfect opportunity for us to baptize these kids by fire. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. Whenever we've had a lull where we're not doing a ton of podcasts, um, we'll have a lot of people say um, this this kind of comment. Andrew's joking. He says, when is your Bama podcast start? I said, man, does Goolsby follow uh, Buckner to Bama? Is he doing a Bama podcast now? If I do anything, I'm going to do Patreon episodes. But uh, no, no, I'm absolutely rooting for Tyler. And if Tyler plays well at Bama, it'll be some sweet – sweet vindication for me, you know? And I, again, I get the, I've got a South, I, bought, I ordered a shirt off Etsy, a Sam Hartman shirt. So I'm waiting on that in the mail. So I'm on the, I'm, I'm a fan now of Sam Hartman. What's your Sam Hartman shirt? I have to wait till I get it, dude. I'll okay. wait every, every Sunday. Okay. And what if, what if Buckner doesn't do well there? Um, I can't see it not happening. (laughs) Or you might not even play. I guess we'll see. All right. That's going to uh, do it for this week's show. We'll see goals being probably three months. That'll probably be our next show at the, at the rate we're going. No, seriously. We'll we'll bring, uh, we'll bring Goolsby back on soon. Um, July, maybe early July. I'm hey man. Like I said, you always be like, Hey, can you do it? I can do it whenever I'm down. I mean, I'm doing all right. We'll I'm not busy Sunday night, so I'm down to do them whenever you want, man. Sunday nights can be annoying. <laughs> like, I don't know why we pick Sunday. I know why we pick Sunday nights, but now I'm just like, no, Sunday nights. It's like a drag before getting, you know, it's like. What, a, what an asshole. Right before Monday, like, it's just like, oh, my Sunday night. 
right before Monday morning meetings, write my big article. The Party week of Monday ritual. Mornings. Party of ritual. Yeah, call me about Teddy Reed. Monday nights. Maybe, we'll that. In, maybe we'll mix in some Mondays. I'm down and, to do whatever, man. And I think I, I think we need to get you and Hyde together, too. I think we need it. People ask about that a lot. I'm free as a bird. Hey, and as Coach Deion Sanders would say, I'm not hard to find. That's been the Mike Goolsby Show. Appreciate you, folks. If you haven't uh, hit that thumbs up on the YouTube video yet, please do that. Or if you're watching via podcast, leave us a five-star review. And if you really like us, go over to YouTube and hit the thumbs up on this video. We're not hard to find on YouTube. Blue and gold uh, on Notre Dame or Notre Dame football, blue and gold. I don't know what we call our YouTube channel anymore. But, uh, yeah, go over to the YouTube, blueandgold.com. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Please do. Go to blueandgold.com for, for Notre Dame football coverage and for that Notre Dame football preview. I don't have last year's in front of me. I put, I put it away, but uh, it's 160 pages or so of uh, you know season previews. Have those go, have they, hey, real quick, Mike, have those gone to print yet? No, no. We're Can, I write, our pre-orders Can I write something for that? Not anymore. Okay. It's, I mean, scary. like, I think my article is like the last, the last article to go in it that hasn't been published yet. But uh, so here's the deal for folks still still with us. Yeah, I mean it's uh click here to order. It's um special offer. Click here to get the preview for only $10.95 when you order a BGI magazine subscription, right? So you get a little discount there if you're a magazine subscriber. Um, but I think you can still get yeah, right now, if you're not a magazine subscriber, $18.95 and free shipping. Um it, it's still a heck of a deal. And then it's gonna go to uh five dollars shipping after the the order, um the the pre-order deadline tomorrow. So that ends. So bluegoldonline.com. Give a call uh, 800-421-7751. Yeah, still a phone service or customer phone service. Who has that anymore? But we have that for our Blue and Gold uh, Illustrated Magazine. And look at this guy on the front cover. That's your boy, Mike. Sam Hartman. Cha-ching, dude. It's a good-looking guy. All right, folks. BlueGoldOnline.com, check that out. All right, we're going to sign off. Appreciate you, everyone, and as always, we will catch you next time.